0: Now, if you have your Bible out already, um, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. This is also printed in your your bulletin, your order of worship. Uh, It's on page 8. You can see the verses there. And so if you remember, last week we talked about the before and after who we were before Christ saved us, that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And then we looked at who we are in Christ through the gospel, that he has made us alive together with Christ, that we're raised with Christ, we're seated with Christ. And today, we come to this very clear statement of the gospel, the good news of Christianity. How is it that we came to go to be from being dead To being alive. So again, this is Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll begin reading in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you that we are saved through faith in Christ and that it's all for the glory of God. And today, as we come before you, we know that part of the good work that you have prepared for us is to to read your word, to understand your word, to apply your word. And so we pray that that good work that you have established for us uh, would be ours, that we can understand, uh, that we can apply, that we can live in light of this text for your glory. And so we pray in Jesus' name, amen. It's been said that the, the gospel is always crucified between two thieves, Uh, the thief of legalism that says that we are saved by good deeds, that we follow the law of God and eventually we work our way up to God and earn his favor. Then the other thief is called license or sometimes it's called antinomianism to be anti-law or sometimes it's called libertine theology. That thief says that You're saved by grace, and therefore good works don't matter at all. You can live any way that you want and still be a Christian. It doesn't matter. And maybe you have struggled with these two extremes in your life. Maybe you've had these two thieves try to steal your joy, the joy of the Christian life, in different ways. Maybe you were raised in a very legalistic home, where everything was about rules, everything was about obedience. There was no concept of grace. Maybe grace was talked about, but grace wasn't actually lived out in your home in any meaningful way. And that made you want to walk away from the church or maybe even walk away from Christianity altogether. On the other hand, some of you may have been raised in families that were characterized by license. There were, there were no rules. There, there wasn't a clear moral framework. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everybody lived for themselves. And you saw the destructive impact of that in lives. You saw the, the impact of living any way that we want. It's destructive. And then maybe you've even bounced back and forth between legalism and license feeling like neither one works. So the question is, what does the Bible teach? Is there some path between legalism and license? Or maybe you could pose the question in a different way. You could say, what is the place of good works in the Christian life? And that's what we see in our text today. Paul answers both legalism and license in these verses. So the first thing to notice is how he answers legalism. Look in your Bible again at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So you notice that first he presents the answer to legalism positively. How are we saved? Are we saved by good deeds? He says that we are saved by grace. Grace is the the free and unmerited favor of God. He also says that we are saved through faith. That faith is receiving and resting upon Jesus Christ alone for salvation as he is freely offered to us in the gospel. So it's by grace, it's through faith. But then he also defines it negatively. Positively, it's by grace through faith. But then negatively, he says, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. In other words, this salvation by grace through faith, it's not of yourself, it's not your own doing, it is a gift of God. And then in verse 9, he says it very clearly, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Not a result of works. Our salvation is not a result of works. Now, sometimes we're tempted to say that the grace we receive is a result of works. There's been um, theologies in the past or even today that, that say that God looks out at the world and he looks for people who are doing well with the knowledge and light that they have. They're using their natural reason well. And he says, they're doing well with what they have. I'm going to give them this additional grace of salvation And in a sense, that would see grace as a reward for some sort of goodness that that people prepare themselves to receive the grace of God by becoming good. But the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 11 that if grace is the result of works, then it's not grace at all. That grace by definition is free and unmerited, that that if we somehow earn the grace of God, that, that's a reward, that's not grace. And that's why he says that the grace, salvation by grace is not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. But then we do the same thing with faith. We act like faith is of ourselves. Sometimes we even say that grace is God's part, that by grace he gives Jesus to be a sacrifice for our sin. But then we sometimes think that faith is our part. God gives grace in Christ. We give our faith by trusting in Jesus. But if you look at the the grammar, the logic of this text, Paul is saying that we are saved through faith, and this is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, that even our faith, Even our response to God, to trust in him, is not something that we well up in ourselves from some natural goodness within ourselves. It is not the result of work. It is the gift of God. It's it's the Holy Spirit bringing us from, from spiritual death to spiritual life, giving us faith that we can respond to him. And maybe even you could think about it this way, you can ask the question, why is it that you believe and your neighbor or your friend or your family member or your sibling doesn't believe? What's the difference between you and your neighbor? Sometimes we're tempted to say, well, it's my intelligence that I have faith because on some level I'm smarter, that I've I've read more deeply, I've studied more, I, I've come to this conclusion that it's true through my mind. But then if you're honest, there are people who are far smarter than you, people who are far smarter than me, who have studied far more deeply and yet don't believe and reject God. And so you say, well, what's the difference? And we see that, that Paul says, for by grace you have been saved through faith And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Or sometimes we say, it's just my choice. I said yes, somebody else said no. But then you face the question, why is it that you said yes? Is the answer found in you, in yourself, or is the answer found in God, in His grace? And his mercy and his gift. And the answer is not in you, the answer is not in me, the answer is in God. It's not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And notice that that language of boasting. When we see that our salvation by grace through faith is completely of the Lord from start to finish. Then we lose all grounds to feel morally superior to others, to be self-righteous, to be boastful, because it didn't come from us. Turn back in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and look at verse 26. Listen to how Paul describes this gift. He says, For consider your calling, brothers, Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Verse 27. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So the question is, who are you boasting in Are you boasting in yourself? Are you boasting in your own moral achievement? Are you boasting in your own goodness? And I heard someone say that we should never boast before the Lord, but we can boast in the Lord. Let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. And our boast is that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That is all for God's glory alone that it's not of ourselves, it's completely of grace from start to finish. And that answers legalism powerfully. It it knocks the bottom out of legalism that says we're saved by our own moral goodness, our own moral achievement, it's all of grace. But then at this point, some of you might say, yeah, we're saved by grace, But does that mean we can live however we want? As Paul says in Romans, shall we sin that grace may abound? And what's happening is that that Paul has answered legalism, but we said at the beginning that the gospel is always crucified between two thieves, the thief of legalism and the thief of license. And it's at this point that license begins to raise his ugly head. And he says, all right, you are saved by grace through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God so that no one may boast. So go ahead and indulge that pornography addiction. Go ahead and indulge your overuse of alcohol. Go ahead and indulge your pride or your greed. Go ahead and indulge your your selfishness. Go ahead and live for yourself. Do whatever makes you happy. Become your true self. It doesn't matter. You're saved by grace. God accepts you by grace. Live any way that you want. And so Paul, through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the inspiration of the scriptures, gives us then an answer to license as well. So look at how he answers license in verse 10. So, so turn back to Ephesians chapter 2 and look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So notice that we are his workmanship. You can imagine God is the, the master craftsman, that he, he lays out his workbench and the plan of salvation, the plan of redemption, and we become the, the piece of art that he's forming on the workbench. That he is the potter, we are the clay, that he is fashioning us, he's molding us into something for his glory. And look what it says, that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so you could say that we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. It's not by good works, it is for good works. That good works become the, the purpose, the goal of our salvation We're not saved so that we can live like the devil. We're not saved so that we can go after uh, the the pleasures of the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That we are saved so that we can pursue good works to the glory of God. And look at what he says, that these are good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we need to remember that Good works are the purpose of our life. This is why we were saved. This is the purpose of our redemption, to to glorify God. And so when you see good works coming out in your life, you recognize this is the purpose. The purpose is to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. The purpose is to love your neighbor as yourself. The purpose is to be a faithful husband, to be a faithful spouse. The purpose is to to be a a faithful child, honoring father and mother. The purpose is to to love your neighbor, to serve your neighbor. The, The purpose is to be a faithful employee. You go down all of the duties of your life. This is part of what God has prepared beforehand, that you should walk in them, all in his grace. But that means that We can't boast in our good works. And we said earlier that it's all of grace so that no one can boast. And it's the same for good works. And this shows why good works can never be the basis of our salvation. Because it's something that God gives to us by grace. And the image I always think of is a child on his birthday. And the parents come to the child and they give a gift The child opens the package, begins to play with the gift. And at that point, the child can't say, wow, I earned this. This is something that I did. I purchased this through my goodness. But then the child also can't say, I'm going to take this gift and I'm going to give it back to my parent so that they'll love me more or so that they'll like me more. Because the whole point is that it was a gift from the parent to begin with. It's been gifted to the child so that they can play with it, so that they can enjoy it. And it's the same with our good works. Our good works are not of us, they are not from us, they're, but they are a gift of God that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so when we see the, the fruit of love, love of God, love of neighbor coming from us, We don't boast in it as if it's something from ourselves, but the only response is to to worship, to, to praise God for the fruit of righteousness that he has brought from the root of Christ in our lives. But then we also can't envy others. We can't boast in ourselves, but we can't envy the graces of others. When you see someone else being faithful, someone using their gifts in the church, Uh, someone serving their neighbor, there's no room to be envious because that goodness, those good works are not coming from that person ultimately. That is the gift of God to that person that they're living out as workmanship created in Christ for good works. All of grace from start to finish. But as we wrap up together... I do want to address one group of people who may be here today. Maybe we come in and out of this group at various times in our life. That Maybe you're, you're someone who has repented of your sins. You've trusted in Christ. You consider yourself a Christian. But then you look at what Paul says in verse 10, and then you find it discouraging. You say that that we should be workmanship created in Christ for good works, but you don't see a lot of good works coming out of your life. You see your sin, you see your failing, you feel ashamed. And so you wonder, am I actually a Christian? Maybe God has prepared works in advance for other people, but not for me, that I'm somehow left out of this. I don't have any gifts. It's my spiritual birthday and God hasn't given me Any presence like he's given to others. So what do you do in that moment? And the answer is never just to to try harder to say I'm gonna work harder, I'm gonna be more faithful, I'm going to devote myself to good works more and more, but the answer is always to go back to Jesus over and over again. To go back to Christ and to say, Lord I admit that I've been walking According to the course of this world, that I've been, been living for myself, I've been living for the flesh, I don't see the good works that you've prepared beforehand for me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And I know by faith that you have put good works into my path, that you have established a way for me to, to glorify you and my family, to glorify you and my work, to glorify you with my neighbors, with my friends. And show me what those good works are so that I can walk in them, so that I can glorify you. And God is faithful that when we come to him in repentance and humility, praying for grace to walk in the works that he has laid out before us, that he is faithful, that he meets us in that place by his grace, that he helps us put to death the deeds of the flesh, to to live more and more into righteousness, to, to live more and more as the workmanship created in Christ. And then we see the path forward, that it's not legalism, thinking that our good works earn our place with God. It's not license saying that we're saved by grace, so it doesn't matter what we do. But it's the life of a gospel Christian, knowing that we are not saved by good works, but we're saved for good works, all for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we marvel at your grace and your goodness. We, we could never have earned it. We don't deserve it. It's not from ourselves. We are saved by your grace as a gift through the redemption that is ours in Christ We're saved through faith. It's not a work. It's it's admitting that we can't save ourselves, admitting our sin, turning to Christ in repentance and faith, resting in him for salvation. And Lord, we thank you that that you give us that gift. And Lord, we pray for any today who have not repented and trusted in Christ, that, that you would work faith within them, that you would work repentance within them that you would give them eyes to see their sin, but then even more eyes to see the beauty and the glory of Christ offered in the gospel. And Lord, for those of us who are believers, we pray that we can have our self-identity rooted in Christ to know that we are your workmanship, that we are created in Christ for good works, and that these works have been prepared beforehand you have laid them out in your sovereignty. In your sovereign purpose, they are before us. And Lord, even if we don't know what that looks like, we pray by faith that we can walk the path that you have laid before us. Not the path of self-indulgence, not the path of pride, not the path of arrogance, not the path of sexual immorality, not the path of, of the world, but Lord, that we can walk the path of Christ, path of, of, of humility and, and sacrifice and, and self-control faithfulness and all of the places where you have put us today we pray that as we walk on that path that no one would marvel at our goodness uh, but that any goodness that comes from us would be uh, the signpost pointing to the giver that it would all be of you It would all be pointing to your mercy brought to bear by grace alone through faith alone. And so we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.